We're going to do it like this for the next hour. All gospel. It's a Sunday. Y'all don't go to church. So we're going to take you to church. So uh, here we go. We're going to start off like this. Can I talk to you for a minute? Hey, Mission Hills, this is Josh Trujillo, and this is the Still Searching Takeover. Ryan asked me to do this week's uh, reflection and um, kind of put my twist on it, the Still Searching Podcast twist, so we're going we're gonna to get into it. It won't be quite an hour, <laughs> just a few moments of your time and hear some of my scattered thoughts but before we get into that we have a very special poem by Gabby that I'm going to share with you guys it feels like too much being human right now too painful too messy, too layered. Every outlet I go to leaves me empty, needing more, but not sustaining me. Every channel I turn to triggers me, consumes me, craves my attention. The headlines seek to startle me, and they do. And I am paralyzed sometimes in my grief, in my despair, in my sense of no direction, in my desire to hide my face in the ground. It hurts being human right now. My cuts are open and the band-aids keep slipping off. The elements keep burning and stinging me. I want peace. I seek peace. I own the peace within me. My soul is thirsty. I need water, living water, deep water. I need peace to wash over me. Fill me up, keep me afloat, clear my mind. I need peace to rescue me. I'm human, so human. God, she is the peace that I need. Thank you so much, Gabby, for that um, beautiful reflection of what many of us are feeling right now. Um, absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, guys, it is my pleasure to be um, to be giving the uh, reflection this week. Uh, so thank you to Ryan for asking me to do this. Um, this reflection, he asked me to sprinkle in some hip hop. <laughs> some theology and hip hop and give you the still searching experience. So I actually have a setup uh, in my little back room 
And um, this is where I do my podcast, The Still Searching Podcast. So thank you for letting me plug The Still Searching Podcast, Ryan. Um, this text actually turned out to be a bit of a doozy. It's not, it's not an easy one. It was a, a tough one to wrestle with. So I'm basically going to give you the theology ideas at the beginning. I'm going to tell you a hip hop story at the end. And there's some links to some hip hop homework for our community that probably, you know, they, this might be a little new to everybody. So if you feel so inclined to dig a little deeper on the backstory of this whole thing, then um, follow the links and knock yourself out. I must warn you, there are some very, it's very explicit. There's some very explicit content. So listen at your own risk. So we're going to jump into the text today. But first, obviously, we're in the still searching studio. So there's always cold, refreshing beverages on hand. The, uh, the text for today is in Matthew chapter 13, verse 24, and it's the parable of the weeds. And it says this, I'm reading from a translation called the Kingdom New Testament. He put another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven, he said, is like this. Once upon a time, a man sowed good seed in his field while the workers were asleep. His enemy came and sowed weeds in among the wheat and went away. When the crop came up and produced wheat, then the weeds appeared as well. So the farmer's servants came to him. Master, they said, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? This is the work of an enemy, he replied. So the servant said to him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he replied. If you do that, you'll probably pull up the wheat as well while you're collecting the weeds. Let them both grow together until the harvest. Then when it's time for harvest, I will give the reapers this instruction. First, gather the weeds and tie them up into bundles and burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. <clears throat> Verse 36. Then Jesus left the crowds and went into the house. His disciples came and joined him. Explain to us, they said, the parable of the weeds in the field. The one who sows the good seed, said Jesus, is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the close of the age and the reapers are angels. So when the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, that's what it'll be like at the close of the age. The son of man will send out his angels and they will collect together out of his kingdom, everything that causes offense and everyone who acts wickedly, they will throw them into the fiery furnace where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. If you have ears, then hear the word of the Lord. Okay. <clears throat> so let's jump, jump into the, theological ideas at the at the onset here this is a double indirect narrative parable it has a developed plot and is introduced by an explicit statement that the kingdom is like the process narrated in the parable this parable follows that of the sower and is and its interpretation and precedes the parables of the mustard seed and the leaven together these parables present a view of the kingdom as present 
but unexpectedly evil is still present too, and the kingdom is not visibly overwhelming. So options for this interpretation. Historically, this parable has had an important role in discussions of Christian response to evil, especially evil in the church. Augustine used this parable to argue against the the Donatists, who insisted on a pure church uncontaminated by those who had recanted during persecution. But the the Donatists insisted that the parable was irrelevant to the debate since the field in which tares were sown was the world, not the church. Later, regrettably, the discussion centered around whether the parable allowed or prohibited killing of heretics. Yikes. This parable is so difficult that some despair of recovering Jesus' intent. Despite the difficulty, the options of interpretation are rather limited. One may view this parable as addressing the church as corpus per per maxim, consisting of good and evil, Corpus per per mix, I'm sorry, per mixum is basically mixed body containing both sinner and saint. The parable has often been interpreted as giving the church direction for dealing with heretics within its own body. Surprisingly similar is the modern critical approach that views the parable as Matthew's dealing with the problem of his mixed community. Either to warn his Christian readers against separation from Judaism or to warn them against trying to purify the church of wrongdoers. The biblical message leaves us dealing with tension. We cannot be tolerant of evil, but the destruction of all evil is not our task. We must stop being evil, and we must stop evil from destroying, but how can we stop evil without becoming evil in the process? That may well be the human question. So parable interpretation, major key, major key in the DJ Khaled voice, but I'm going to sprinkle in various hip hop references. By the way, I don't, I'm not a fan of DJ Khaled, but you know, he says major key. So a parable interpretation, major key is don't get lost in the details until you figured out the big idea. Many times though, you have to get lost in the details to figure out the big idea. Scott McKnight says that. So I think um, in the parables that Jesus is teaching his disciples to imagine a world where the kingdom, quote unquote, kingdom was being is beginning to take root in the world. Each parable is providing ideas, imaginations, visions on how we can follow this new way, this new kingdom or kingdom, as Ryan often says. Uh, let's talk about Jewish expectations or what what would have been in the in the minds of the Jewish hearers of, of uh, this parable at the time uh, much of this passage looks back to the book of Daniel the Son of Man echoes chapter 7 where uh, one like a son of man is given to the right uh, given the right to judge and rule over the monsters who have oppressed God's people the fiery furnace echoes passages about Daniel's friends in chapter 3. The righteous shining like the sun reminds us of, of Daniel 12, 12, 3, a prediction of uh, the resurrected glory of God's people. Daniel was a favorite book among Jesus' contemporaries, predicting, so they thought, the soon-to-be-come the soon victory of Israel over the nations. 
And in other Jewish writings, in Psalms of Solomon, um, it says this, the Messiah is expected to purge Jerusalem from Gentiles, to drive out the sinners from the inheritance, to smash the arrogance of sinners, to destroy the unlawful nations. At his warning, the nations will flee from his presence, and he will condemn sinners by the thoughts of their hearts. He will gather a holy people whom he will lead in righteousness. He will not tolerate unrighteousness, even to pause among them. The alien and the foreigner will not long will, will no longer live near them. There will be no unrighteousness among them in the, in his days, for all shall be holy, and their king shall be Lord Messiah. Sounds like something uh, our current administration um, ascribes to. So that's sort of the 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 idea that's sort of floating around in in the heads of uh, probably many of the followers of Jesus, and this whole idea of of weeds um, or tares is also very interesting. Um, nearly all commentators think that the word that's interpreted as tares or or darnel should be identified as the scientific word. I'm not going to try to say it, but it's it gives a scientific word for um, of a weed. It's annoying weed that looks very much like wheat, especially before maturity. It can carry out a poisonous. It can carry a poisonous fungus if it's harvested and ground together with wheat. Uh, the resulting flower is spoiled. G. Dalman observed that in Palestine, a week before the ears, uh, the ears, the leaves of the tares are two and three millimeters wide, while the wheat is four to five millimeters wide. Fully developed, the blades are three millimeters wide and the wheat six to twelve. At the time of the ears, the roots of both are fully developed and entangled. By the way, so I, I, I've always thought weeds just sort of grow naturally. I didn't really know that they can be sown. So maybe maybe Andrea can speak more to this in our discussion because um, I have no idea on how any of this stuff works as far as, you know, growing things and planting things and uh, things of the sort. So we can talk more about that. Um, but I did um, find an interesting comment on... Um, on a pesticide called dicamba from the comment section of, from uh, Holly Heron's commentary on this very text. And I thought it was a really interesting comment that somebody had wrote and I'm going to read it. It says this, the big news in the farming community, this is just recent, by the way, like in June is that a judge stopped the use of dicamba, a weed killer. The reason the judge halted its use was because of something called dicamba drift. The weed killer drifted onto fields and gardens and killed good crops and good produce. I thought the farmers would be a bit more upset, but the ones I had talked to last Sunday understood its dangers. One had even lost a tree to dicamba drift. Others had fields that had been partially hit. The community to which I preach will understand that we are not going, not going to go after weeds or we might kill that which the Lord wants to be growing. So just a little bit of theological ideas there. This text still sort of gives me that anxiety, that uneasy feeling. Um, there's always that tension that Jesus seems to do to me all the time um, whenever he's 
explaining something or sharing a parable, I always want to know, like, I, I, I want to know who's real and who's not. Who's a fraud and who's A1, as we say in the hood. Another little hip-hop reference, guys. Who are my siblings in Christ? Surely it's not those conservative Christians, right? I mean, those those people have to be weeds. I mean, they got to be weeds. And I'm not I'm not even talking about OG, OG Bubba Kush either. Sorry, guy, that's another hip-hop reference. <laughs> It seems like the church in the United States has been so polarized uh, as in politics, and it's difficult to figure out who our family is from one week to the next. But the response of the text, and I think the message of the text is just to wait, to chill, just chill. You're going to damage the good while trying to deal with the bad. By the way, this is not an excuse to allow injustice in our society. And hopefully this is a topic we can further discuss together as a community. But it's not our job to weed out, to fall on this temptation or to fall on this us versus them mentality. Let me tell you a hip hop story. I'm a softball dad. I've been a softball dad since uh, my daughter was, sheesh, uh, in 10 you, <laughs> 10 and under. Um, playing softball at our local little league, Sybil. And I've always, I'm always into music. I've always had equipment and speakers. So I've always would bring my big speakers out to all the games. And I sort of became the resident DJ at our local little league, uh, would do the opening day and the closing ceremonies with the full on sound system and, and, you know, would travel with the team uh, to our summer uh, all-star tournaments for six plus years and into um, varsity high school softball games. And uh, that was a lot of fun, a lot of fun playing music, playing hip hop music, playing all kinds of music uh, in between innings and, um, you know, at the end of games. Uh, but here is where I had a problem. Here I had to not only play, but constantly play mumble rap. And as a hip hop purist, I absolutely despise mumble rap. The great stain of hip hop music for all of the walk up songs, because by this time my daughter's in high school. Uh, by the way, shout out to Cesar Chavez, um, girls softball team, division one champions last year. And I guess technically two years in a row, right? Since this season was canceled. So Shout out to the D1 champs. <laughs> but I had to play these ridiculous songs that I hated. Um, I'm talking trash rappers like Little Xan, Little Pump, Takashi 69, Kodak Black, Little Uzi Vert, Little Yachty, and the like. Uh, so I, as you probably can tell, if you're not familiar with these people, I'm exposing myself as what is called an old head. I would have many debates with high school students on the golden years of hip hop, 90s rap, 90s West Coast gangster rap, lyrical content, bars, actual bars, flow, rhyming skill, battling, why their favorite rappers were trash, etc. And it wasn't long before I became the old head. <laughs> Us versus them, old head mentality. Wheat and weeds. Then, 
I found a song from one of my all-time favorite rappers, and it, I actually put an album of recommended listening in the notes here, from Brother Ali. And he had this to say about the topic, this very topic, and I want you guys to hear this. I'm an 80s kid, my brain thinks 8-bit. Ancient brakes flipped and filter bases made me ape shit. I don't hate the kids that mumble, that's how they live. Back in the day, we had bum stickity bum hun language. Your name had to have an ace or ace in it to be good. Old heads couldn't tell our favorites apart, but we could. It ain't whack, cause it don't bang in your fleet wood, you're just uninspired. Hard to stay that way when you're no longer young and hyper. It don't make them whack because you forgot what it's like to try to carve your way up in a world that never liked you. How you ain't embracing your own baby's generation is your brain erasing that we're the ones that made and raised them. Wisdom you gain is supposed to be your reward for aging. Begin relating to the principles and situations. You should never get spun out because the details changing. If you're such a pioneer, then lead the way then. We're the ones that made and raised them, is what he says in that line. We're the ones that made and raised them. We sowed those seeds in a way. Obviously, I have kids, and you know, I'm a lot of times in scripture, your children are referred to as seeds. But we're the ones that raised them. We sowed those seeds. The hip hop community, I'm just speaking about hip hop, we raised that generation that we despise. So for us, the, the text, I'm closing with this. That's why even the interpretation of the parable ends with the commands. If you have ears, then hear. And if Jesus' own hearers needed that command, then we certainly do as well. So the question is, are we wheat or weeds? I guess we're going to find out. What if that secret you keep deep in you? When the stars gleam, they seem to see you. You feel the sea breathe beneath you. And a sweet, cool breeze never ceases to seize you. When the sun clearly believes you're regal, every minute detail is meaningful. You see energy and read people. You can reach through garbage to the cathedral. Your world is in upheaval and you respond like you need to, but the temper at the center of your presence stays peaceful. What if when you seek the maker and the meaning, you could never shake the feeling that the divine also seeks you? Pulling people through the eye of a needle might seem easier than asking your audience to believe you, but please, this is me trying to beseech you. What if every single bit of it turned out to be true? When the world all falls away, what we see is what we say. I want you, I want you. I'm an 80s kid, my brain thinks 8-bit Ancient brakes flipped and filter bases made me ape shit I don't hate the kids that mumble, that's how they live Back in the day we had bum stickity bum hun language Your name had to have an ace or ace in it to be good Old heads couldn't tell our favorites apart, but we could It ain't whack cause it don't bang in your fleet wood, you're just uninspired Hard to stay that way when you're no longer young and hyper 
It don't make them whack because you forgot what it's like to Try to carve your way up in a world that never liked you How you ain't embracing your own baby's generation Is your brain erasing that we're the ones that made and raised them Wisdom you gain is supposed to be your reward for aging Begin relating to the principles and situations You should never get spun out because the details changing If you're such a pioneer then leave the way then Blinded by what the eye sees I criticize your weakness But what's I mean Most likely what I perceive to be your foul deeds It's just a reflection of what's inside me The fact of the matter is what the matter means I done lived all kind of dreams They never wrote in magazines Most of them never rapped about My greatest moments have surrounded places You would never vacation with your atlas out And they're impossible to brag about I never leave the house They gotta drag me out Rob Victor made me write a song today I call it when the world all falls away